oh, I just love the presence of God and just feel, I can just sense Jesus here right now. I just, he's just so good. Um, hey, today we're starting a uh, brand new series. It's called The Able Tour. So if you've got a Bible, if you'll take out your Bible um, or um, take out your phone, have a Bible on there. Um, I'm going to do my best to get through this. I can just sense the Lord. Um, I have no notes today, so that's either really good or really scary. <laughs> We're going to uh, find out, but I think it's going to be uh, really, really good. Go with me to the book of Ephesians, okay? Ephesians uh, chapter 3. Uh, we're going to start today by looking at a prayer uh, that Paul uh, prayed uh, for spiritual growth, um, and uh, it's going to be super good. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. We'll have it on the screen for you also. It says this, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of heaven and earth. Verse 16, I pray from his glorious, unlimited resources. Glorious, unlimited resources. I'm so thankful that I serve a God that has it all set aside for me, okay? I'm so thankful that I don't serve a cheap God, okay? Now, I grew up, we didn't have very much growing up, and so um, one of the things that happened when I was growing up in church, well, lots of things happened when I was growing up in church, you know, Saturday night, my sister got rollers in her hair, and they would be super tight, and she'd be fighting with my mom, and every Sunday, you know, we'd get dressed up, and I had, I remember I had three-piece suits, you know what I mean, and uh, one was a light blue three-piece suit, I have this picture of me, and I have this, like, mop hair, because it was the 80s, and I have missing teeth, and I was a hot mess, okay, I just put it that way. Okay, but one of the things that I knew about church was that every Sunday after church that we were going to go to a restaurant, and that restaurant was called Ponderosa. Anybody know some Ponderosa up in here? Okay, now first service was may, way more excited about Ponderosa. Okay, I'll be honest with you, I love Ponderosa, okay? When you're 10 years old and you get to Pondo and you're like, wow, I know I call it Pondo, okay? That's what my dad called. He'd be like, we're going to Pondo. I'd be like, yeah, Pondo. But I mean, it's unlimited everything. I mean, they had, how many remember the steak tips, okay? There was like steak tips. I think they even put a little butter on them, you know what I mean? And steak tips and wings, unlimited French fries, hot, fresh, buttery rolls. This is where my brother Herb's obsession started, I promise you, okay? And, and then, you know, to top it off, at the end, there's an unlimited ice cream bar, you know what I mean? When you're 10 years old, life does not get much better than that, okay? I promise you. Now, Something I love about Pondo was this, is that you could run out of wings, they would run out of fries, they would run out of steak tips, because the steak tips always went super fast, but you knew something. There was always going to be more, right? Like, they're never going to run out. And so when I read the Bible, I read it in such a way that I feel like I try to insert myself into, 
into the story. And I remember one time I was reading this, this verse 16 says, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources. And the Lord was like, it's kind of like Pondo. I was like, yeah, it is. It's kind of like Ponderosa. He's like, listen, I have it all. I have every single thing that you need. I have full grace, full mercy, full of goodness, full of resource. I want to show you my goodness. I remember when um, me and Jess, we were about a year married, probably one year in. And uh, we were working at this church in Mississippi. I've kind of talked about this before. And um, I didn't enjoy my life very much. And I didn't enjoy Mississippi very much. And, but there was this one family in the church. They, their son was in the youth group. And we really loved them. And they really loved us for some reason. I don't know why. I was an idiot most of the time, to be honest with you, okay? But I remember one day, Mr. Winters called me up and said, hey, I want you to come in uh, to my office and meet with me. And I'm thinking, oh, man, what have I done? You know what I mean? I'm this young youth pastor, and, you know, I've done something wrong, and he wants to meet with me. And so I go to his office, and um, he said to me, he said, Jeff, we want to send you on a vacation, you and your wife, and you can pick anywhere you want to go. And I remember, like, just kind of, like, staring at him, like, is this a trick? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is, I mean, like, uh, are you sure about this, you know? And he goes, he goes, so where would you like to go? And I was like, Disney World. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, Disney World? I was like, Disney World. He goes, anywhere in the world, Disney World. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I want to go to Disney World. So he picks up the phone, and he calls Disney World. And I'm like, we're calling Disney World right now. You know what I mean? Like, freaking out of my head. You know, and he goes, he goes I want you to send them, like, the, the visitor pack, okay? So for, like, the next, like, couple weeks, like, every day, I'm like, is Mickey here? Is Disney here? You know what I mean? Like, every day, finally, finally, it's, that day came. I had my Disney pack. It came with a DVD. It had a personal letter from Mickey Mouse. I was like, Mickey Mouse wrote me a letter. I mean, come on, you know. It had a, a guide through all the parks and, and all the resorts. And I remember Mr. Winters, he said, I want you to pick anywhere you want to stay at Disney World. And so me and Jess were looking through the packet, and there's this place called the Polynesian Resort. Okay, it's like a Hawaiian, like, lay, you know, layout, luau, whatever you want to call it, place, you know what I mean? And, and it's right next to the Magic Kingdom, and you can take the monorail train, and it's insanely expensive, and I was like, that's where I want to go. Now, sometimes growing up in church is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But sometimes growing up in church gave me a wrong perspective of God's nature. Because I thought growing up that, yes, God provides, but he only provides to this much. Yes, God's faithful, but it's only to this degree. It's only, I remember, you know, growing up hearing saints going, oh, God, if I could just, if we could just make it, God. If we, can just, if we can just get by, God, we'd be so pleased, God. 
But the reality is, that's not God's nature. That's not God's character. That's not who he is. But I grew up in that kind of environment, in that kind of system. So when Jess sat down with me and said, what resort are we going to pick? I was like, my heart, I want to pick the Polynesian. But I don't know if God's that good. So I, I think we'll probably just pick like the all-star resort. I'm just, I'm just happy I'm going to Mickey's house. So we, I get into the meeting. I meet back up with Mr. Winters. And he goes, he goes, okay, did you pick what resort you want? And I don't know if I was just like, comatose, out of my mind, you know, like excited about Disney World, but somehow I got enough courage, and I said, Polynesian? He was like, what? Polynesian. I'll take the Polynesian, you know, for 200. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take that, you know? And so he then picks up the phone and calls Disney World again. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? You know what I mean? And he's talking to this Disney rep, and he goes, I would like to book the Polynesian Resort for two weeks. I'm like, two weeks? What in the world, you know? He goes, he goes I want to make sure that they have the best time. So we're on the phone with Disney, and we're setting up, you know, dinners and stuff. And the lady goes, uh, would you like to eat in Cinderella's Castle at the very top, just you, a private spot for you and your wife to have dinner. I'm like, yes, in Jesus' name. I'm like, is Cinderella going to be there too? Because I hope she is, you know. I mean, and then, and then he goes on to set up these meal plans and flights and, and cars to pick us up and to take us there. And the end... She goes, all right, Mr. Winters, your total is $9,700. And I'm like, oh, God, I got to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Jesus, you know. I'm like, it just got real. Like, Mr. Winters is going to be like, no, in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? I rebuke that $9,000, you know. And Mr. Winters goes, okay, great. I'd like to pay for it in full right now. And I watch him take out his wallet and pull out his card. And he paid for it. And he hung up the phone. He said, Jeff, I want you to always know that God is good. He goes, I'm not doing this because I have to. I'm doing this because the Lord wants you to know how good he is. Listen, when Ephesians says we serve a God of unlimited, what does that look like in your mind? Is there limits, though? Is there limits to God's unlimited resource, unlimited grace, unlimited love, unlimited resource that he has? I, I believe so deeply in my heart that he's just waiting and desiring to bless you. He's waiting over heaven going, please believe. Please trust. Please see me in a different way because I want to bless my kids. I want to show you favor. I want to show you grace. I want to show you mercy. I want to show you just how good I am. I pray from, the, from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. 
Verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. Your roots will go down into God's love that keeps you strong. What keeps you strong? God's love keeps you strong. The presence of the Lord keeps you strong. Being in his house, accepting his grace and his love, that's what keeps you strong, keeps you mighty inside. Verse 18, and may you have the power to understand. See, there's an earthly understanding, and then there's a divine God rhema understanding where God reveals his nature and his character and who he is. And all of a sudden, you see God the way he wants you to see him. And you see your life in alignment with God. And you go, oh, my gosh. What I thought I understood, I don't really understand anything. Because God sees everything so much differently than I do. It is so incredibly different. It says, may you have the power to understand as God's people should how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love. Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ. I pray this all the time. I pray all the time. God, I pray when people come to Elevate Church that they would experience and taste your goodness. That you walk out of here with a taste of the goodness of God. Because this is what his heart is. You experience God's love to it's too great to fully understand. I can't wait for the day that I see Jesus. I don't know if you live life that way, but I do. My heart pines. My heart yearns for this moment that I see him face to face. I love life. I love you guys. I love my family. I love this church. But nothing compares to Jesus. I can't wait because in that moment, I think I'll understand what Paul saw when Paul was on the road to Damascus and gets knocked off his horse and he sees Jesus and all of a sudden his life completely changes because he understands what God's love really is. So great. It says this, then you'll be made complete with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. And then this is one of my favorite verses, and I say this all the time, that this is my favorite verse, and I got a million favorite verses. So, But verse 20, now all glory to God. I believe that's a statement because there's a comma right there. It's him going, all glory to God. The God who is able, the God that is full of resource, the God who is full of love, the God who is full of mercy, the God who is full of grace, all glory to him. And then he makes another statement. He says this, who is able? Who is able? So it's almost like he is handing you an invitation to an incredible party. I like parties. Anybody else like parties? Yeah, yeah, you party people? No, he looks like sad dogs right now, okay? All right? Like party, yes, party. Parties are good. He's handing you an invitation. He's inviting you into this reality that God is able through his mighty power to do anything. 
There is nothing too great for our God. The only thing stopping the Lord is us. Our reality of who our great God is. It says this, through his mighty power working within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And I'll be honest with you, I think I could ask God for some pretty big things in life. Don't you? Don't you think you could dream up some pretty big scenarios, some pretty big ideas for you and your family and your spouse, your job, your future spouse? Let me give it up for all the single people in this house looking for a future spouse. We believe with you. We stand with you. God has them. I promise you. I know it. But we're believing. But the Bible in Ephesians says this, that God is able to do more than you could ever think, hope, imagine, dream. Because we serve a God that has unlimited resource. This is the nature and the character of the God that we serve. But a lot of times we lose that perspective. Go with me to the book of John, okay? John chapter 11. We're going to look at the story of Lazarus. John chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 1. It says this, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Mary, Martha, Lazarus. Okay, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they are friends with Jesus. They um, commune with Jesus. They spend good time with Jesus. And this man is sick, okay? It says this, her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Now, if you get word that somebody's sick in the hospital, what do you do? You typically go, hey, man, we've got to kind of pause everything right now, okay? Yesterday I had to go to the hospital a couple times. One of them was somebody who's sick. The other one was somebody who had a great day. Corey and Brittany uh, Huntsberger had their baby. He is beautiful. He is uh, 21 inches, 9 pounds, super healthy. They're doing fantastic. But when somebody's sick, we typically go, hey, I got to leave work. I got to leave this conversation. I have to get to the hospital. My friend is in need. And so they send word to Jesus to get his attention, okay? But it says this in verse 4, but when Jesus heard this, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened to glorify God so that the Son of Man will receive glory from this. Verse 5, so although Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he stayed where he was For the next two days. Kind of interesting, isn't it? It says that Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But at the same time, Jesus was about the Father's business. And he had to stay where he was at. But I think this is a great picture of how a lot of us feel in our relationship with God. We're crying out to God. God, I need help in my job. God, I need help in school. God, I need help in this relationship. God, I need help in my marriage. God, I need help in my business. 
And we're going, God, you're the God of unlimited resource. You're the God of unlimited grace. You're the God of unlimited power. And then all of a sudden, there's this, what we perceive this delay. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said that I am soon coming. Okay? You ever think about this? Okay? I, I mean, I grew up with old saints going, man, Jesus is coming. And as a kid, I'd be like, when? You know what I mean? I'd be like, 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 is there a day? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I would like perk up and be like, really, he's coming. That's awesome. You know what I mean? We have a party. You know, we're going to dress up. I got a better suit than this suit I can put on. You know what I mean? Like, when's this happening? And they'd always say, you know, Jesus comes soon. And I think that sometimes we get our earthly perspective of time and God's perspective completely mixed up because when Jesus said I'm coming soon he is coming soon I am anticipating his coming his second coming but it's soon to him and I think sometimes we get caught up in these moments like Mary and Martha where they send word to Jesus but Jesus doesn't come right that second and we start going man is he really the God of unlimited resource is he really the God that can heal? Is he really the God that restores? Is he really able and capable? Because it's not happening right now. And because it's not happening, I'm frustrated. And I'm upset. So it goes on in verse 6. He said, he stayed where he was for the next few days. Verse 7, finally, he said to the disciples, let's go back to Judea. The disciples objected. Rabbi, they said just a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are we going to go back? I mean, they're thinking like, hey, we don't want to die. You know what I mean? Come on, Jesus, you know. And then Jesus reply, replies, and he says this, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely, and they can see because they have light of this world. Verse 10, but the night is where the danger is, stumbling, stub, stumbling sorry, because they have no light. Do you ever have these moments with God where you're like, that wasn't what they asked you, Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? They were like, Jesus, do you remember a couple of days ago they wanted to stone you? I don't think that's the smart direction for us to go. I think we should just stay back. And then Jesus goes, hey, there's 12 hours in the day, and there's daylight. And when there's daylight, people can see, and they can walk, and they can be safe. And at night, when it gets dark, that's when there's danger, and they can stumble, and they can fall. And you're like, oh, Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, literally, I think this is one of those spots in the Bible when I get to heaven and be like, come again? Can you help me? You know what I mean? Like, I know it's there for a reason. Got to help me a little bit. But then in verse 11, Jesus says this, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Let's go and wake him up. The disciples then say to the Lord, he is sleeping, so he will soon get better. Because they thought that Jesus meant that Lazarus was literally sleeping, verse 14. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> I just I love Jesus. No, guys, come on. He's sleeping. You know what I mean? Like, no, he's dead. He's like dead, dead. You know what I mean? Jesus is just really clear with them. Skip ahead to verse 20. 
When Martha heard the word that Jesus was coming, she went to him. There should be an anticipation in our hearts when we hear the name Jesus. When we hear the name Jesus, just like when I was closing out worship and I said, Jesus' name is the name above all names. Okay? So when I declare the name of Jesus, there is why we believe in this word sozo. It is complete salvation, complete healing, complete restoration, safety. When I say the name Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. So when we hear the name Jesus, there should be an expectation, oh, Jesus is here. And when Jesus comes, he always heals. When Jesus comes, he always loves. When Jesus comes, he always restores what's broken. When Jesus comes, he never leaves anybody in the same state and position they are. He always shows up. And so when Mary, Martha found out that Jesus was coming, instead of being excited and anticipating that the Lord was coming, she says these words to him. She says, Lord, if you only had been here. How many times have we had moments in our life where we have fallen in disappointment and we cry out, Lord, if you would have just been there. Where were you? So I'm really disappointed right now. I remember when my grandma passed away. My grandpa passed away. My grandma had a stroke. She passed away. I'm in a, I, I promise you, this sounds like a movie. I promise you, okay? I'm in a field. It's like a full moon, so bright out. I'm just yelling at God, God, where were you? Where were you? And I think this is us a lot of times. We fail to see that Jesus just showed up. She doesn't get it. Jesus is there. Jesus could be anywhere he wants to be, but he has chosen to come. And instead of believing in Jesus, she goes, gosh, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Where have you been? And I think Jesus is looking at her like, I'm here. I'm here now. I just need you to believe now. I can still restore. I can still heal. Jesus goes on in verse 25. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And he says, do you believe, Martha? And I think Martha is just so grief-stricken that she can't see what Jesus is offering her. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the life. I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. Just look to me, Martha. Just give me something to work with, Martha. Verse 32, Mary arrives. So Mary arrives. Mary, maybe Mary has a different perspective, right? 
She fell at his feet and she says, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Same response. Same response. I truly believe that God is searching the earth for people that go, I have faith in you and you alone. And I know that I'm in a rough spot right now. Or I know my marriage is in a rough spot or my job or my life or my career or my relationships with friends. I know it's in a rough spot. But, God, I have faith that you are a restorer of things that are broken. And if you show up, I'll be okay. I'll be just fine. Worship team, you guys can come on up. And this is where we pick up the story in verse 40, like we read earlier. Jesus responds, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? I love uh, kids, okay? Uh, I mean, every Sunday when when you bring your kids uh, to church, I love seeing them. I love grabbing them, making them hug me, even if they don't want to hug me, you know, and I, I'm like, these kids are going to love me even if they don't want to love me. I don't care. I'm going to love these kids, okay? I love kids. I love junior hires. I love high schoolers. I love all of our 20s. I'm, listen, so excited. So excited about all the 20s in our church. So excited. I've never looked at students and kids and thought less of them. I've always, always looked at them and saw what God sees. Brian, that's why every time I look at your son, I see what God sees. Brian, that boy is so anointed. He is so full of the presence of the Lord. He's just so anointed to do great works for God's kingdom. You know what I love about kids? If you tell them this is what God says, they go, awesome. Might as well take it to the bank. They just go, yeah, I believe. So this summer, this last summer, I'll go to to Tampa to do a youth camp for my friend Gerard. And that week, it was it was crazy. We had a a kid with a broken ankle. We had a kid with a torn uh, ACL on his knee. We had a kid with a broken wrist. We had a girl that had lost hearing in her ear we had all these all these all these kids that were sick and 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 just ailing at the beginning of the week the lord told me he was like i'm gonna heal them all and i knew he was because i knew that if if i could present the word to them in a way that they understand that they would go I believe. So it's night three. I could feel it in me 
that I had presented the word the last few nights in a way, they were there. They were ready. So I'm sharing about Jesus healing deaf people. I'm sharing about Jesus healing the blind. I'm sharing about Jesus healing leopards. I'm sharing about the goodness of God and what Jesus does when he shows up. And I said, listen, I said, who wants to get healed tonight? Who wants to get physically healed or emotionally healed or your heart healed or healed from addiction, healed from pain? I said, who wants to get healed? I said, if you want to get healed, I said, stand up and come down. And man, you know what I love about kids? They're just bold. They're bold. They don't care what people think. They go, oh, Jesus heals? Yes, I am hurting and I want Jesus. And so they just start coming down to the front. And so I pray for this kid, broken, broken ankle, crutches. And I tell his ankle to be whole. And he goes, my ankle is on fire. I said, it's the healing power of Jesus healing you right now. And he took those crutches and he threw them down and he started to dance at the front of the altar. And you should have seen the wonder in the eyes of these kids. It was like, holy cow, Jesus just healed him. And then all of a sudden, the kid with the torn knee, all of a sudden, he rips off his brace, throws it, and starts running across the front of the stage. And then everybody's excited, and they're praising God. And all of a sudden, this girl in the back, she starts screaming. And I'm, so I'm like, what's going on? And I go, somebody go back there. Find out why this girl's screaming. And she's back there. She's screaming, I can hear. I can hear. I can hear. And then the kid with the broken wrist, he takes off his brace. And he goes, I can move my wrist. And then I go, hey, who, who's addicted? And all these boys raise their hand. I go, you're addicted to pornography. And they go, yes. They go, we want to be healed. And they go, we want to be free. Listen, all it takes, all it takes, is just you believing that is it. Jesus did everything else for you. He did everything else for you. And so when he says, I am able, he is inviting you. He's inviting you going, please believe. Please believe. Please believe because I want to restore what is broken. I want to heal what is wrong. I don't want you to live in pain. I don't want you to live in disease. I don't want you to live in hurt. I don't want your heart to be broken. He says, I am able. I am able. I am able to restore what is broken. Why don't you stand with me today? Listen, you don't need me. You don't need church. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Come on, I want to sing this out.